Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags with uh, Chuck Curry, and uh, we get a lot to do today. Of course, some movie news. I saw a new movie. We've got. Uh, we're going to look back at two of. Uh, well, I would say uh, American uh, uh, movie icons, kind of, sort of character actors for sure. We lost Christopher Plummer. He wasn't American, but still, Christopher Plummer and Hal Holbrook passed away. We're going to look back at their careers and give it a once over and see what movies stand out for both of us. Uh, they both led long lives and both worked until their their passing this past week. So we'll look back at those two actors a little bit later on. Uh, let's bring in Chuck Curry here. Chuck, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, Mike. How you doing? Good. And, and we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the big game, a Super Bowl uh, 55 tomorrow. There are some movies, a couple of my favorites um, that, that deal with Super Bowls. I mean, I love Black Sunday and Two Minute Warning are two of, two of my favorite disaster movies. They're, and yeah, they're, like real, they're done real well. Now, a question. If you had to pick a couple football movies you'd recommend, I go right off the bat. I still think Rudy... Yeah, Rudy. It's, it's a great, great movie. As far as pro football movies go, I, I I'm always partial to uh, uh, to Heaven Can Wait. I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, what about Little Giants? No, no, not as much. I know a lot of people like Any Given I like Sunday, that one. but I'm not a huge fan of Any Given. No, Sunday. I, I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest fan of On On uh, Any Given Sunday either. I'm the so, longest. We have. I think we yes. have an archived. Uh, uh, best right. football movies way back when it was one of our first podcasts uh, we did around the Super Bowl. But uh, longest as far yards as a pretty good one, too. What's the that? Longest, longest yards. Yeah. Yards, pretty good yeah. one. As far as actual games that take place during the Super Bowl, though, to me, it's Black Sunday, two minute warning. And heaven can wait. Those three movies actually all take place at the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. This is still at this point in our life. The only semblance of what you would say a collective experience in America. No. Yeah, left, pretty much left. Everybody is in one place at one time. Yeah. You know where everybody part, is. For yeah. the most part. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's interesting because when you look at TV shows and high ratings, you could go on YouTube, the last and, and watch uh, people watching the last episode of mash at a bar. You know, I mean, it would drew like 110 million viewers the night it aired on CBS. Yeah. That's never going to happen again on network television ever. I think maybe the last time might be Seinfeld's finale, right? That was really the last everybody's watching this show. Um, you're right. Uh, it's a different world, but I'm I mean, sure even Big Bang the Theory, I mean, the rating, I, I was good, but nothing to, do, to that extent. No. Well, even though, even so, I think there'll still be some people streaming, um, you know, Bruce Willis's latest movie while the Super Bowl's going on. Oh, right? hands I mean, down. It won't be. You I'll know, have two TVs going. Oh my God! I was telling. Tell us about it. I was telling Chuck off the air the latest thriller from uh, Bruce Willis, who just came out with a movie maybe a month ago. Uh, there was an Alien ripoff. This one's called Cosmic Sin. Chuck uh, co-stars Frank Grillo, who we both like. In another decade, this movie would actually be big. <laughs> well, Frank Grillo would have played well in the eighties, late eighties, and the nineties. Absolutely, he would have been one of those guys that would have been okay. This is an alternative to, to Stallone and Schwarzenegger. We got Van Damme. We got Seagal. He would have worked in that decade, those decades. It's harder because it's a different animal. You know, it's a, really about concept more than actor or action star. 
and they're forced basically um, or relinquishing what they really want to do to do this streaming. I don't want to say garbage, but I mean, if Bruce Willis is kicking out a movie a month, he's clearly signed on with Nick Cage's agent. I, yeah. I, I Again, we've talked about this many a time. It's a really interesting backstory here on how this all plays out. I'd like to know it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, and we get we got some movie news to get to and um, take a look at the Golden Globe Award nominations too uh, real quick. But before we do that, Chuck, uh, there were some rumors out there, you know, of I know Tom Holland just did an interview and he was getting grilled about co-stars Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. He really didn't give up too much, Chuck, only to say that he's met him, you know, a couple of times. So he he played kind of coy. But, you know, it's interesting. I read, you know, because a lot of stuff pops up on my Facebook page. There's a site called comicbook.com, which is fairly accurate. And they said that William Defoe was spotted on the set which would mean wow. he would come back as Green Goblin. Well, I got to tell you, you know, he did say, Andrew, uh, I mean, um, uh, Tom Holland, that this is the most ambitious superhero movie ever made. And if, 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 if it is accurate and you bring back the three Spider-Mans and all the villains and Gwen Stacy and, and um, Mary Jane, holy smoke, Mike. I mean, this will be the most ambitious superhero movie ever made. Well, I you mean, that's saying a lot because the Avengers Endgame. Endgame, I was going to say. Yeah. Pretty ambitious. Coming off an of endgame, you think they wouldn't be able to top something like that, but it sure does seem like they're trying. Um, boy, Willem Dafoe, um, along with Alfred Molina, uh, that's that's pretty good stuff. Um, and we very know good. Jamie Foxx is going to be there too. So, right. um, yeah, very interesting. Also, another cameo. Um, rumors getting squashed a little bit. You know, Shazam too. They are going through uh, with making this film, and there were rumors that Henry Cavill would suit up as Superman. In the in the Shazam Fury of the Gods, but now they're saying that that rumor is false. He won't be in that movie, and it may, begs the question: Is will we ever see Henry again as Superman? I mean, they say we will, but you would think that is the perfect opportunity for him to appear if it's a non-Superman movie, right? Correct. Um, and there's no word of any production whatsoever as far as a super a Superman movie being made, right? No, no. Uh, well, that that's disturbing because we're both fans of him in these movies um but for some reason dc can never get any juice again for superman just you want to know something again i i don't want to sound comical here but i'm, I'm saying this seriously at my smoothie shop i have a selection of movies that i play on a daily basis and i again they, they just hbo max just put batman and batman returns back on the stream so i i put on batman and i was watching it three times daily and i gotta tell you it really is interesting how that film. I know you're not. I'm a much bigger fan than you are, but and I'm I know a fan. It's, I, I don't love I it. I fully admit it's flawed. I fully admit it's flawed. Right. But 80, 99, 209, 219. So you're talking 32 years later. That movie's a really interesting watch, Mike, and it has a lot of really, really good stuff. If you're a fan of Batman, I think it does. I know it's flawed. It has too much Joker. It's lopsided. But the stuff that is good in that movie is super good. It's super good. And I, I enjoyed watching it. I got to tell you. Well, um, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't rewatched it. I got to be honest with you. If I'm going to be honest, I haven't rewatched it. Maybe. Has your daughter watched it? Uh, not the original Batman. Okay. No. You got to have a watch. She hasn't seen the Nolan ones either. She's not a big Batman fan. So um, really, she's she's in the she's more in the Spider-Man Marvel. Universe. You like Sandman? She likes Ant-Man, yes. Yeah, she, I figured she enjoyed Ant-Man. Kids would like Ant-Man. She loves Spider-Man. I mean, she and, and that's really geared more towards kids. I get it. Um, 
She's intrigued by Deadpool. I, I'm not going to lie to you. She wants to see Deadpool because I think she knows that. Uh, you, you know, know it what? is funny watching Keaton play Batman, and I, I love this schizophrenic type interpretation of Bruce Wayne. But you know, clearly he didn't do a lot of push-ups before the movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't about the bod. Not that. No, he's sure. pretty. He's a pretty lean. Small, structured man. It looked like he just came off the set of Gung Ho. Let's face yeah. it. It's not, uh, you know, he didn't. But he know. still was damn good. Um, Chuck, I did want to bring up the little things top the box office. So this, yeah. um, this, you know, it, it was strategy. It did, it, it did $4.8 which yep. was the biggest R-rated opening since the pandemic because it was day-to-day with HBO Max. Right. Uh, the next HBO Max uh, big release day-to-day will be Tom and Jerry. That's right. With, with Chloe uh, Mortez as a star. Yeah, that's right. A paycheck movie for her. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be for the that. kids. I mean, it's not, you know, there is an audience for that movie. I'm, I, I can't begrudge her for being in no, that film. No, not at all. It'll be um, playing in my smoothie shop, I can tell you that. I, yeah, my daughter really is looking forward to seeing it. And I'd be remiss, Chuck, there is another bit of movie news before I, uh, we get to the Golden Globes. And I want to tell you about the movie I, I, I did just watch. Paid for, too, by the way. I paid for it. Hmm, so really? money out of my pocket here. Uh, John Carpenter wouldn't be a Halloween new movie if he didn't come out and just rave about Halloween kills. And he calls it the ultimate ultimate slasher quote it's brilliant i mean there's nothing more than this wow man wow. okay not much for hyperbole here and what do we what, do we take this with a grain of salt no i i think i mean from everything i've heard in the buzz i do i think i do think it's going to be a good halloween film but again let's be honest a good halloween film i mean the idea has been regurgitated so <laughs> many times it's not like you really could spin it fresh right not if you, really. if you can execute you can execute the concept in a really good way. And, uh, and it feels like what they're saying is that that's what they've done here. Uh, they've added some uh, flashback sequences. I think there's a flashback sequence with the uh, Dr. Loomis. I guess they do a far shot. Um, and that, and that, that is a scene that takes place during the year the original Halloween took place, 78, which I like. I think it's really cool. That, that's a cool concept to do. Um, Are they going to computer enhance him like they did with Mark Hamill and the sounds like maybe and stuff like that? Maybe that, that would be interesting. Is yeah, Buster, I think it's is, cool. Is Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks coming back? For no, this? guarantee. No. What? Uh, uh, there was rumors, though. I did hear some rumors that Paul Rudd's name was bantered about. No, so. no, no. They they put um, Anthony they, Michael Hall is playing. The yeah, part, right? he's playing the part. Yeah, Tommy, Lu- Tommy, Tommy Loomis, right? Yeah, well, Tommy, you know, Doyle. Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been fun, though. That would have been a real would have been because Paul Rudd was the best thing about the curse of Michael Myers. The only good thing about it uh, killing and then you kill Loomis off screen because he had already died. He got so I mean, you know, the thing sad part about that is he was Donald Pleasance was super up there in age and health. He's very frail when he did that film. And um you could tell he was not in good health when he did that. And he, and he passed away shortly after filming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. But I did enjoy Paul Rudd out. in his first feature, which was Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. There's, there's two cuts. There's a theatrical cut and then there's a producer's cut, which changes a lot. And it is better, the producer's cut. It is. Yeah. Um, and Spielberg wrote a letter to Empire, the magazine. I don't know if you saw it about no. why movie theaters need to survive. And, is he going to uh, some money? 
Uh, well, who knows? He quote, he said, well, I've we know they devoted- need to survive. We know they we need they need to. Well, his quote was, I've always devoted myself to our movie going community, movie going as in living in our homes to go to a theater, leaving our homes to go to a theater and a community, a meaning a feeling of fellowship with others who have left their homes and are Agreed. seated with us. Like I said, listen, I, we brought this up on the show more than a few times. You know, when you stand on a line in a city block and the lines around a block and you're waiting to get in to a movie that's highly anticipated. That was an amazing, it's a great memory. Yeah. You know, and to strike up conversations with people you don't know, and they have the same excitement and the same understanding of the art and they're looking forward to something. And it is a tremendous collective experience. And, you know, we give an example, even though uh, here's the thing. If you remember when we went to the Zigfield back in the day to see true lies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Charlton Heston pops up with an eye patch yep. and the audience roared with applause. Yeah. Right. It's a really cool memory. Right. Because yeah. that audience in New York knew Char- they, they they knew Charlton Heston. They respected his legacy and they thought, hey, Cameron cast him in this cameo. It's just really cool. Yep. And, it, and it meant something. It, they, there was a feeling. But to stand on the line and wait to get in, uh, this generation's never going to experience that, Mike. They're not. Well, and, and of all people, Spielberg knows this. I mean, you think about his movies, the J- Indiana Jones, the Close right. Encounters of the Third Kind, the Jaws. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark was not shot to watch on a TV screen. No. On, and these are, all, these are all event, hey, let's all get together and go watch these movies, films. They're not meant for, I mean, movies and the like scope, the, uh, the, vi- the visual scope. There's is yeah. is an enormous difference between watching a really great movie on a big screen versus home, I would especially even an action-oriented movie. No. There's a huge difference. I would even argue a movie like Schindler's List was important to see with other people, too, Chuck. I agree. I think it's important for all of us to be uncomfortable together about what we were witnessing on the big I mean, Mike, I, I watched The Passion of the Christ with about 20 nuns. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> serious, and I remember them. they were crying. It was, was, t- it was it yeah. really – it was actually – it was Easter a little weekend, surreal right? and interesting. It was Easter, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Easter weekend. I remember seeing it too. And again, yeah. um, it's important that you get that communal feed it, feeling. And it was important for him to make that comment. All right, Chuck, I don't know what kind of ceremony we're getting. I can guarantee you this. Ricky Gervais is not going to be hosting the Golden Globes this year, no matter what year. form it's no, in. It's going to be it's going to be Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. They're going to do it. Uh, by coastal one in New York, one in Los Angeles, but they supposedly, which is the end of this month, they, they plan on having some presenters. Now I, I understand why they do. I understand, I understand why the industry is doing this, uh, why they want this, because I mean, they are proud of the work. They, 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 they put in the time It's part of the process. It, it helps their career when they get accolades and, and let's be honest, it's a narcissistic community, right? Yep. So that feeds into it. But from a, a, a mainstream just the average Joe, I have to believe the ratings are going to be at an all-time low. Um, I just don't see people caring this year. I hate saying that because I don't want to be one of those naysayers and a doom and gloomer. <laughs> and I know you got to spin things with the glasses half full. I'm, I'm all for that. But it's sort of like, Mike, there used to be a rule where these movies couldn't get not. I'm talking Oscar now. Movie couldn't get an Oscar nomination if, if, unless it played in a the theater for at least a week, right? Yeah. A limited or whatever. And well, I remember the Irishman. It was such a big deal that it, right. You know, and these movies are not a lot. A lot of these movies did not. They didn't play in a the theater. Let's talk. Let's talk about the nominees. And I'll, I'll do all. I'll combine them all. Here's. I mean, obviously they split them up: drama and comedy. Here are yeah. all the motion pictures nominated. You've got The Father, which is an Anthony Hopkins movie that not a lot of people have seen. Yet. I've only seen the trailers. Yeah, Mank, which was the uh, Man 
Mankiewicz film by David right. Fincher, Nomadland, which Francis McDormand's getting a lot of praise I for. Know. You saw Promising Young Woman, uh, that's yes. nominated. The Trial of the Chicago Seven, that's on Netflix right now. I, I, yeah. I got to get a chance to watch that. And then comedies and musicals are, are really fun. Hamilton, which is interesting because it's basically a filming of the stage, stage yeah. production. Um, yeah. Borat, subsequent, subsequent movie film, which I liked at parts. Uh, I thought it wore on a little bit too much. Music, which is an unreleased film yet with uh, um, Katie. Uh, uh, what's her name? The Goldie Hawn's daughter. I don't know why I can't. I'm drawing a blank right now, but she's Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah, I'm, um, glad to, I'm glad to see her working revive yeah. herself yeah it's good uh palm springs which i watched it was okay adam sandberg uh comedy um yeah. on hulu and the prom mm -hmm. which you and i are both huge fans of yeah uh, that's one of those movies that the, the 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 foreign press always seems to throw in there they they like entertain just big entertainment so they did find eight movies again no like no ben affleck for the way back no yeah none of that happened uh you know and then you look at Best performance by an actor. And the Spike Lee movie, the the, 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 the what Five is it? Bloods got screwed. Yeah, yeah got, they, I mean, that that got SAG nominations though. It, yeah. It'll find its way to the Oscars though. Let's hope so because it's done really well. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom did pretty well too. You got Viola Davis and uh, the late uh, great Chadwick Boseman get nominated. It's a decent film. I got a chance to see. Also nominated. I'm a big fan of Vanessa Kirby. I just watched Pieces of a Woman. That's on Netflix right now, too. She's nominated for Best Actress. Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Frances McDormand, who has to be probably the frontrunner, although Carrie Mulligan might have something to say about it as well. And then you got Riz Ahmed, The Sound of Metal, which I've heard great things about a deaf drummer. He's nominated. Anthony Hopkins is nominated. Gary Oldman for Mank. And then the Mauritanian, uh, Tahar Rahim. That stars Jodie Foster. I have not seen that movie, probably never will those are your uh best but you know no ben affleck so you and i are left scratching our heads a little bit but you know you look at best performance by an actress in a motion picture musical comedy uh and you know you got kate hudson uh you got michelle pfeiffer with french exit i know nothing of that movie roseman pike is nominated again anna She's taylor good. joy for emma and then the late the girl who plays borat's daughter is nominated and she get, really gives a great performance you know it's interesting i just want to bring her up it's interesting that she's getting so much accolades and they say she's super talented for really uh, uh, a movie that she, she's doing a hit job on people. Now, they deserve the hit job, but it yeah. is a hit job movie. No, she is. She is acting in it, though. It's not as I, I no, I, I get that. It, it's just I got you what you're saying. It's though. almost it's, it, it's it's that is what you call the height of performance art. Her name is uh, Maria Bacalo Bacalo Bacalova. She can have now, a good career. She, yeah, I think she's very good in it. I'd like to see her obviously do something where she's not basically playing Barat's daughter, but you know, Sasha Baron Cohen got nominated as yeah. well. Um, James Corden got nominated who we both loved in the prom. He's really good in it. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, I find it interesting. Lin-Manuel Miranda got nominated for Hamilton. This is not a new role. This is not, no, I, 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 that's where the, that's, that, that's not going to find its way into the Oscars. This is a golden globe foreign press yeah. thing. Yep. Uh, Dev Patel got nominated, uh, life of pie kid. He's always good. Yeah. He's always um, good. And Adam Andy Samberg got nominated for Palm Springs. Neither one of us would say he's much of an actor, but he does have some fun in that role, Chuck. Um, it's a I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a few. It's like a science fiction comedy kind of Groundhog Day scenario yeah, no. where a couple are at a wedding and they keep uh, falling in and out of love. It, it's it's pretty it's watchable, to say the least. I got a um, question for you after you did all this. So are we going to. August 2021 this year, we're going to have people going to the movies uh, 
three quarters full or no? Well, geez, this is a total off subject. What made you think of this right now? Because I'm thinking about the industry. When you, I'm thinking of the industry, and, and I, I understand the importance of the industry where they got to keep moving forward with some sense of normalcy. And I, I say to myself, I, I just like – Yeah, but I, let, me, let me say this. Have Look. these movies not play in movie theaters and be nom- – it just feels so weird to me. It is, but it's just an anomaly, I would say, Chuck. I don't think this is going to be – going on a long time. Well, I mean, listen. And I get it. I understand why. It has to. Uh, but I understand. there's still $4.8 million for the, the little things in theaters. Seems people like the same people go- going. It seems like the same people are going, though. Maybe. That's where it's topping off. It's like, okay, four. Yeah. Well, Chuck. Boy, did Wonder Woman. Obviously, Wonder Woman 1984, the word of mouth on that film clearly was bad. Yeah. Because that movie just dropped like a cannon. Well, I think uh, uh, real quick, other nominations I wanted to bring up because the best performance by an actress in a supporting role and actor in a supporting role, um, they combine these. It's any motion picture, but some good names. Um, Bill Murray's nominated. We both liked him in On the Rocks. Um, Jared Leto, who I thought was the best thing in The Little Things. Sasha Baron Cohen nominated for two Golden Globes, this time for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, He's a good actor, you know. He is. He He really is. He's very – listen, the guys – I get – I would argue his mind is brilliant. Yeah. No, very much so. I um, mean, people may not like him. People may love him. But the guy's mind is, is absolutely fascinating. And then two relative unknowns, Leslie Odom, the th- uh, junior, who's very good in one night in Miami and uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I didn't see that movie as well. It's coming on on uh, HBO Max. And then you got a uh, best uh, actress in a supporting role. I told you Glenn Close was great in Hillbilly Elegy. She's nominated. Olivia Coleman for The Father. That's the Anthony Hopkins movie. Told you about Jodie Foster being in The Mauritanian. Uh, Amanda Seyfried in Mank. She's good. The movie, again, is not a subject matter that's going to make people want to sit through. And then uh, the young lady from News of the World is nominated. Helena Zengel. But no Tom Hanks, Chuck. No Tom uh, Hanks. He had two movies this year, too. And he didn't get nominated. I'm a little surprised by that, to be honest with you. Just to try to get. You know, a guy had COVID in two movies. You figure he's pretty True. topical right now. I you know? agree. Um, and, you know, and then you got the, the foreign languages. And I know you don't want to talk anything about the animated movies because no. you have no soul. And, 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 but I will bring up that Aaron I'm getting Sorkin. Darker, I'm getting darker by the week, but go ahead. Aaron Sorkin, Regina King, and David Fincher are all nominated for Best Directors. Um, big names there. Um, then the young lady who directed Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell, is nominated. And Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. So... Again, Golden Globes, eclectic. I like the Golden Globes better because they don't cater to the woke movement as much as um, the Oscars do now. They just whoever, you know, whatever the social movement is of the day, that's usually the the way the Oscar goes. Um, Golden Globe tries to steer clear of that. And then having those two categories usually helps. So we'll see what happens with the uh, with the ceremony. Um, I'll watch it. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. I mean, I'll watch it too. The Oscars might be a little more difficult. We'll see what be nice. Maybe Billy Crystal will do the same thing, Chuck, and come back and host some semblance of an Oscar. We'll see. You know, it's interesting. The last and I built Billy Crystal was great. Great. But the last time he did it, the magic was not there. It wasn't. I think it was it's, too long before in between. And I, I, I just you're right. It felt stale. It's felt stale. It did. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Christopher Plummer and Hal Holbrook in a second here, Chuck. Um, but let's do fast five. We always like to do fast five. This is when I zing Chuck and he's got to come up with the first movie he thinks of when I say the actor, actress, or this time we'll have a director too, Chuck. So you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. All right. Real quick. Michael Mann. 
Uh, heat. Good pick. All right. That's probably where I would have went. Big fan of the insider as well. Um, heat is probably the winner, if only to get Pacino and De Niro together for the first time. How about Barbara Hershey? I mean, Hoosiers pops in my head because I her chemistry. She's really good in Hoosiers. Yeah, she is. How about she's 72 years old, by the yeah. way. Uh, and, 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 you know, the natural. Yeah, she's a bad guy. The, the, the shooter in the natural. You remember a movie I, I remember first seeing her in is that movie called The Entity way back in the early 80s. Remember, she's possessed. Um, do you remember that? I don't horror remember movie? it. You don't no. remember that movie? No. Um, and she's, of course, uh, she did that movie. Down. She's the she, wife. Oh, yeah. She's she's actually good in that movie. And she she did that movie, which I'm not a fan. It's definitely geared to females. The, the, the one she did with Bette Midler. Oh, beaches, bit, yeah, beaches, yeah. which is a, which which is a, a definitely a female driven story. And then Hannah and her sisters, too, of course. Yeah, with, I mean, uh, she's a talent, no doubt. Yeah, very much so. By the way, uh, I just saw a documentary a trailer for the documentary Mia versus Woody or Farrell versus Allen. It's Woody Allen. It looks oh, really? pretty revealing, Chuck. It's going to be on HBO. So, oh, boy. Yeah, that's going to that's definitely an oh, boy kind of must watch another actress and a, a, I mean, but it, listen, it is about Woody Allen when you do, when, w- about Woody Allen, yeah. when, when, when you, when you dance in the waters, he danced in his private life, you adopt a daughter and then you marry her. I mean, come on. I mean, you sort of deserve what you get. No, yeah, what do, I mean, what are we doing here? Really? I mean, come on. Like, I don't yeah, care how much uh, you think you but, love her. I mean, come on, let's go. Uh, all right, Chuck, you know. let's get off that subject and into a great actress. Right. Um, Laura Linney is a, uh, 57 years old, uh, three Oscars she's nominated for, believe it or not. Well, um, I, used, I used to like I like the, the Showtime show, the, the, the Big C. I thought she did good work on that. Oh, show. That, that's an interesting choice. I think a love actually for some reason automatically. And then yeah. now Ozark. I mean, she is fantastic as Wendy Bird opposite of Jason Bateman on that show. Um, it's every bit of her show as it is his show. Um, so Ozark for me. OK, how about Jennifer Jason Lee? Who is uh, 58, by the way. It's definitely not the performance in Backdraft. I could tell you that. No, it's not Backdraft. And it's not single white female. I mean, listen, I go back. I mean, the one that pops in my my head is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? Easily. Yeah, easily. First Sora. Uh, She did get nominated for uh, Best Actress, uh, Supporting Actress in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. And honestly, I barely remember that movie. uh, The Quentin Tarantino movie. It's okay. Not great. Uh, I remember Dolores Claiborne, too. She's good. You in know, that. I, I know this is going off subject for a second, but I want to bring it up because Tarantino gave a, a print interview and I was reading it. Right. And they, they asked him a, a whole host of different things. And he's a fascinating mind. And uh, he, they, they asked him about the Joker and the movie, the Joker. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he was lukewarm on it because he said, is this what we're doing now? We're taking great movies of the 70s. Obviously, he's referencing Taxi Driver. Right. And we're tweaking them. I forgot the word he used. Uh, we're tweaking them in a different sort of pop culture way. And you could argue what his, his criticism's fair because it is really a reworking of Taxi Driver. Yeah, but Having I would said also, that, I still I would think also argue movie. that most of his movies are like that. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, and and I, I don't think that's a... For one director to criticize another, which he's obviously criticizing Todd Phillips, who wrote and directed the Joker, and uh, Joker, and I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. To me, Joker is one to me one of my favorite films in the last decade, easily. Uh, and it does it does harken back and really, it does a Taxi Driver to a point. The tone yeah. certainly, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that. 
Nothing wrong with that. No, but look at, I mean, the two Kill Bill movies are knockoffs of samurai movies. Yes. The, the Hateful Eight is a Western. You got the Inglorious Bastards is a war movie. Uh, a grindhouse. Grindhouse. I mean, these are all. He, he, he homages all the time. He does tweaks on genres all the time. Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't understand that one, but yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to bring it up. Last but not least, we seem to have talked about him quite recently. Um, James Spader, Chuck, and he's 61 years old, a little younger than I thought he was actually uh, nominated for three Golden Globes, mostly, I think, for the blacklist. Right. Um, Boston Legal, too. He was popular with that. You know, I tell you something before he did Boston Legal. When they first introduced his character and William Shatner's character, they were introduced on the practice. Yes. And I thought his work on the practice was phenomenal. Yes. And then they then when they when they did when they tweaked that show when they dropped they cancel the Dylan McDermott got got tanked. Right. They cancel yeah. a great show. And I know the Boston Legal what was it Boston Legal? Boston Legal, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was very popular. But my problem with it, it was so quirky. The tone was totally different from that. And I it, and I don't like that. I don't I like when do you I. take I don't like that. So I didn't really uh, embrace Boston Legal. I love the practice. It was one of my favorite shows of that, that decade. I did love that show. I yeah, love that, that really show. show. Yeah, it was done really uh, well. I liked him a lot in his guest appearance on The Office. He was in the final season of The Office as well. He's very good. But as far as movies go, it's hard not to think of his 80s movies when he's pretty much a douchebag. Yeah, and, he, he, Boom, and you know, Wolf, Wolf Fact, he, he played a, the villain in Wolf with Nicholson. Uh, that's right. He's the villain right? in Wolf. Yeah. Um, uh, a Mike Nichols movie. That's an interesting I, movie, actually. Jack's Wolf. Back is an interesting movie, too. He was good in that movie. About yeah, Jack I mean, the Tough Ripper. Turf has a cult following. We yeah. know that. Uh, but I really like Baby Boom. And he's, you know, look, he's playing he, his persona. Yeah, and, and he also did that movie with Rob Lowe, right? Where Oh, with the, uh, yeah, with uh, the Bad Influence, right? Yeah, I like that, that movie. It's a really cool movie. Yeah. What about his movie, uh, like Supernova, the science fiction movie he did? And like can, the early 2000s. What about, what, what about uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, Kerr's Stargate. Uh, here's the thing. I don't yeah, like Stargate. Star yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. I, I'm in the minority because I thought I remember seeing that in a the theater. I'm gonna we saw you, that together. We, we saw did. Yeah. I thought it was a bore fest, Mike. Yeah. I did not yeah. like it. And, it, and, it and people love that movie. Yeah, I don't think it work for me now. And uh, we love Kurt Russell. And, for and, us, and, no. and, and, and listen, I, I embrace Roland Emmerich's over the time. Independence Day in 2012. I, I love those movies. I love Independence Day more, but Star Stargate didn't work for me. I would think most of our listening audience, though, think more pretty and pink James Spader than Stargates. James yeah, Spader. I, listen, I'm a big fan of pretty and pink. That's a great movie. Great John Hughes movie, Chuck. All right. You did fast five. We did it relatively fast, but let's dive in a little deeper about two great actors. We lost um, first Hal Holbrook died at the age of 95, um, born in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, nominated for an Oscar, I believe it was uh, all the no, into wild. the wild. That's right. I'm going to tell you two things that pop on my head when you say Hal Holbrook, Magnum Force. Yep, and then Into the Wild. Yep, and it bookends basically his career too. Um, and think about early in the in the in the 70s, he always played the guy who um, the authority figure who could yes, be a good guy, a good, but he, he was could, right. He was a, a great, guy. great authority figure, great yep. authority figure. So you got movies like Capricorn one, same thing, star chamber. Um, uh, the movie you mentioned, even all the president's men star chambers, uh, star chamber could have been a better movie, but a yep. fascinating topic. But, uh, Magnum force 
a police commissioner who orders cops to kill uh, bad guys. And he did it well. And he did it really well. That is well. a really, you know, if you think about it, that movie would never fly now. That script would never get approved. No, never. especially now. Never. Forget it, no. But when um, you look, because I know somebody who is watching um, Dirty Harry, she posted it on Facebook, right? And then she, and then they were talking about the Dirty Harry movies. When, when in the 80s, the late 80s, when I went to go to a video store and I rented the five Dirty Harry movies, great time. They were so watchable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and thought-provoking. Yeah, and, and uh, especially and, the early and they ones. Dan- they danced on the edge. They danced on the edge, especially a movie like Magnaforce. I mean, Mike, you think about that storyline. That is not going to fly. No way. They would never. There's no Two, way that would be three produced. Three vigilante cops? No way. No way in hell. Um, even if they are played by David Soul, Robert Urich. Yeah. And uh, who is the third one? Help me out here. Come on. David Soul, Robert Urich. Why the guy he? who was in Twin Peaks, right? Oh, uh, man. Um, now it's going to bother me all day. And people are at home are screaming it at their radio. You're going right to have to now. Google it. Uh, Tim Tim Matheson. Oh no, no, well he was not in Twin Peaks. Something yeah, Tim Matheson. Tim Matheson. Yeah. Boy, it's really good cast, huh? That's a great cast. Um, Chuck and Annie would be in other movies like you know Midway. They'd always just cast. He'd always be like a supporting character in a lot of these late seventies, early eighties movies. And I always found it interesting his role in the Fog. Um, obviously he had a relationship with uh with the director, um, and Adrian Barbeau for that matter. Um, but the Fog. He plays Father Malone in. Yes. And, and he kind of he's he sets the tone for that movie, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting movie. The Fog. A good it one. Is. It is. And uh, I remember the kidnapping of the president. He plays the president in that movie. I think uh, yeah. William Shatner's in that movie as yes. well. And how about his turning creep show? The, 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 the can't stand his wife played by Adrian Barbeau. That's right. He's uh, he tries to kill his wife. That movie also has a really good cast creep show. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh, he played. He would play John Adams, Abraham Lincoln a couple of times in North and South. And then he um, did the TV North and South. He, yep. he was on Evening Shade, right? He went, went met yeah, his he, third he, wife, he, which he, is Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter, right. Married for 25 years. She passed away in 2010 of, uh, of cancer. Um, he also, lived a long life. also had a quick appearance in Wall Street, Oliver Stone's movie. Again, yes. played a figure, a oh, role I, model, but yet at the same time, very dark role model. That, that pre- but that presence is so prevalent, and it adds a lot. Well, that, and he, about, Even a brief scene, he could add a lot to a, 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 a movie. He really could. He did the same thing in The Firm. Uh, he's the one that hires Mitch right. uh, and, Tom, and, and Tom Cruise. And again, he's part of that whole clan. Obviously, it's more about Gene Hackman, but he's part of The Firm in the firm. Um, and you know, he did get a uh, major accolades, Chuck at the end of his career for that movie um, where he got nominated for, for a, uh, 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 but did he get actor or was a supporting actor it was actor, right? Best actor for a uh, supporting actor into the wild um, supporting actor. And, yeah. and you love that movie. I know you I do. do. I'm a big fan. Um, then we turn to, you know, Christopher Plummer is iconic to me more he than how iconic. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think about this is the same guy that was you, in the you, sound. When of music. you when you when you talk about Christopher Plummer. It almost is in the same reverence if you talk about Anthony Hopkins, right? Yes, I, I see that. Um, and he got nominated for three Oscars and all late in his career. Too. Yes, I mean, you add Christopher Plummer to your project. You're elevating it to a higher level. No doubt about it, Chuck. And that's how you know how much so is when you have a a, a creep. Kevin Spacey uh, do something 
pretty creepy. Who are you going to call? You call Christopher Plummer to rework all his scenes and all the money in the world. And then he gets an Oscar nomination for yeah. that. Beside, but, you know, I go back to Sound of Music, obviously. Here's how I can't, there's a guy who rips up a Nazi flag in this movie, sings with uh, Mary Poppins, right? So oh, yeah. uh, most of the world know who Christopher Plummer is. But let's face it, he made a lot of crap. He did make a lot of bad movies. In fact, I know there's a, at least one mystery science theater movie. How many acting credits in. does he have on IMDb? How many actor uh, credits? Uh, mm-hmm. Let me look right now. He has a total of 217. Holy smoke. That's a lot. That's a lot. And he's got you know, one. Gene, you know, Gene Hackman had 101. So think about that. Well, I would also say, too, a lot of his best work was late in his career. Yeah. Knives and he, out. And he the thing is, in that. And, and he, he always had a majestic look. He looked good. He looked good. He kept himself in really good shape. He did. And he, he was, uh, it's interesting too, Chuck, the movie I think of when I think class, of he was class when, when, oh, and I think of Christopher Plummer, for some reason, I think of that movie dreamscape, uh, from the eighties with, uh, Dennis Quaid. He plays a guy who's trying to assassinate the president of the United States in someone's brain in, in someone's dreams. But, Again, it's Christopher Plummer, and it adds a little touch of class to a movie that's basically a science fiction schlock movie, but it's done very well. Yes, I agree. Um, he's also the bad guy in Dragnet. Let's not forget that, too, who leads the cult in Dragnet with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. An off-putting movie, Chuck, that should have been better considering who was starring in it. Oh, yeah. It was, like, a, it was, a, really, it was a really bad subject matter to spoof. I mean, these are two cops looking for a cult. A devil worshiping cult. I don't know if that was the right tone to take with Dragnet. Movie. It was flat. He also played Chang in Star Trek. So Star Trek fans are a fan of him. Star Trek okay. Six. That's the undiscovered That's right. country, Chuck. That's right. Um, which one is that one? Now help us out. The undiscovered. Is that when they couldn't discover his country and and then they they discovered it? Was or, Christian Slater in that one? Undiscovered country? Really? Or the next one? If he's in it, is he a star in it? I didn't even no, know. No, no, he, he's in it. Christian Slater has a part in it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and he's I in think he's, I, think he was, I think he was a big fan of Star Trek. He wanted to have a cameo. They let him do it. Uh, yeah. Chuck, remember, you, know, you say James Spader's a bad guy. Really? Uh, he's the bad guy in Wolf. He's in Wolf as well. Yeah, he's in Wolf as well. He's yeah. in Dolores Claiborne, which I brought up as well. Yes. Um, 12 Monkeys. He would star in that movie. I mean, just all these movies that he, you know, Again, he played Mike Wallace in The Insider, another movie I just brought up. A lot of we're tying this all together. Isn't that Michael Mann movie? He played Mike Wallace. He's so good in that film. Yep. And of course, like I said, he does make bad movies. He's in Dracula 2000. Remember when they tried to reboot? Yeah. The Dracula movies. Hey, he listen, played, everybody's got to eat. He's, he plays Van Helsing in that. Uh, I'm going to bring up another great movie too, Chuck. He's in and he, Ron Howard's A Beautiful Mind. He's got a great role in that as the doctor trying to cure the schizophrenic. I want to watch that movie again. I love that movie, Chuck. A Beautiful Mind Oscar winner for uh, for Best Picture. Um, and, and, you know, he's also in Inside Man. Another yep. weird role with good the movie. Spike Lee movies. Another good movie, though. Uh, boy, oh, boy, just go through. And a lot of kids will know who he is because he's the bad guy in Up. Plays Charles Muntz, the voice. So Ed Asner and Christopher Plummer. Side by side, Chuck, in that movie, um, just uh, accolades upon accolades of, of of movies. And the real thing is, you know, where is he from, Chuck? 
I'm not sure. But if you had to guess, would you say he's from maybe England or does he does he he always came across as an English actor? I would agree. Um, he's from Canada of all wow, places. That's interesting. He's born in Toronto um, and then spent most of his life in America. Um, have you ever did, did you see Knives Out? You ever get a chance to see that yet? I have not. Uh, I know how popular it is. It's very good. And he's very good in it, too. The Ryan Johnson movie there, too, Chuck. So, uh, yeah, we lost two great ones. There's no doubt about it. Christopher Plummer and Hal Holbrook. Um, And it's fun going through their careers. And he did win an Oscar, uh, Christopher Plummer, for Beginners, uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role. We actually played, uh, I believe, a homosexual in that movie, Chuck. Uh, Beginners, he played uh, opposite of Ewan McGregor uh, in that film. We've lost a lot of good talent lately. I tell you what, it does seem that way, doesn't it? A lot. I, I don't want to, you know, bring up COVID or anything like that. And a lot of us didn't have to do with COVID, but maybe we're just hypersensitive right now to the passing of some of these people. But we I think I think a little hyper, but there's no doubt this is some really talented people. And 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 and, and you know, they've lived long lives. They did. They're all yeah. Yes. But they, you know, when you see people, you know, consistently work like a, a Christopher Plummer, and, and then he's gone, it's it's yeah. a weird feeling. Well, and, and how popular Knives Out was. I mean, that was an yes. extremely popular I know, movie. and they're going to do, do a sequel. And they're going to do a sequel. So, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. And you think about baseball, too. I think we lost about 10 Hall of Famers in one calendar year, which is almost unheard of if you think yep. about it, Chuck. You know, from the Joe Morgans of the world to the Hank Aarons. I mean, there was a lot. Of, we lost a lot of a lot of our youth. Let's, you know, whether it be movies or baseball, it, it, it's been a tough year. And we got to turn the corner here, Chuck, and. Leave on a positive note. Give me something positive to look forward to. Well, I'm probably after this uh, after this taping ends, I'm probably going to either go down the block to my smoothie shop, put on Batman Begins and drink a smoothie or I'll binge watch Beyond the Poseidon Adventure on an endless loop. I didn't bring up Beyond the Poseidon Adventure because we got to keep the ball rolling here. I, I almost I almost forgot about Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. And I almost forgot. Did I tell you Michael Keane, Carl Molden, and Sally Field starred in that movie? You maybe mentioned it once. Yeah, okay. I just and I it. forgot to bring up that I watched um, Let Him Go, uh, the movie I paid for this week with Kevin it? Costner and Diane Lane. God, I love those two in this movie. You know too. what I was doing during the snow? We had some snow, almost three feet of snow in Pennsylvania. And I, I actually binge-watched what my wife and daughter, The O.C. from 2002 on the theater on, on Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Schwartz created that show, Benjamin yep. McKenzie and Adam Brody and Peter Gallagher, which I told you would be a text to me as good as any father ever in a TV show. It's much darker than I remembered it. And, and Marsha, Marsha Barton, who's a really, Misha Barton, who is a really interesting talent. She hit, you know, she's very popular when that show came out, cover beautiful young girl. She was only, I think, 16 when that show aired and, um, you know, gained a lot of fame off it. I, I, and, and they wrote her out after season three. It lasted four seasons. They kill a character off. She had a lot of personal demons yeah, and issues in her life. She was a little erratic uh, off screen. But I got to tell you, I, I the show was definitely darker than I remembered. But Peter Gallagher was a massive highlight on that show. He was so, so good. And I, I enjoyed binge watching. I, I watched almost every episode of it. 92 episodes. I got to tell you, this is our almost 240th podcast. It I is. never thought we'd bring up the OC ever in any show. Well, you never know. Never done. But... Uh, um, by the way, I did enjoy, uh, never let, uh, let him go. So, by the so way. basically I've, you, I've used about 11 days of my life doing this show. 
And we're doing podcasts about new movies that are people want to watch. And you keep cutting me off when I bring up uh, Let Him Go with Kevin oh. Costner and uh, Diane Lane. Go Anything ahead. else you want to add before you cut me off again? I just want to recommend it for people. I just want to say on a positive note, I'm looking at the window. The sky is blue. No clouds. All right. Pretty well, good. We'll, we'll wrap it up there because you obviously don't want to hear what I thought of that movie. And you uh, liked it, though. I did like it. Yes. It, 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 but we did want to leave on a high note. That movie does not leave you on a high note. I, will I say heard that. that. Um, all right, Chuck. We will do this all over again next week. You have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. Always a pleasure, Mike. And to the audience, see you next week. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.